When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, the Oklahoma Sooners are your 2023 national champions in softball. We recap it all. Then we give you the latest updates with OU football, and we give you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search the Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Friday, June 9th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of June, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we've called an audible. We are recording this late Thursday night. And Ted, the Oklahoma Sooners are your national champions in softball. Let's go, baby. I don't know how they pulled it off. Um, Miraculous. It's crazy, though, man. Like, all kidding aside. Best coach ever. They got better players than everyone else. They seem to step up in the biggest moments when it's absolutely necessary. Other than that, I don't know how they did it. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Not to get ahead of ourselves here, but everyone else better get better because let me tell you something. Uh, Jordy Ball is going to be around for two more years. She's getting better by the day, it feels like. And the majority of that team is coming back. And we all know that transfer softball players like to go play at Oklahoma right now. So I, everyone else is going to have to figure something out. So, and I know that they hate that it's in Oklahoma city and it's going to be there till 2035 at least. So buckle in folks. I mean, this, we may be just getting started. Yeah. And went to the game, 
And, and we, I needed, I needed them to finish it right into a sooners and two. I needed it to happen and they delivered for me. And I was never nervous. Ted, even, yeah. even when they fell down one to nothing. And by the way, I know the story is Jordy ball, right? She was incredible. Uh, the entire world series, but thought Alex Duraco did a good job, yeah. right? She did her job. She got that game to a point where she had given her team a chance, right? She had done what she needed to do. She'd racked up some innings and then the offense came alive. Right. And they were able to go to Jordy ball. Like she did her job. I don't want people to lose the side of lose sight of that, but man, when they needed to make a play, my goodness, did they make a play that Jada Coleman catch? When you talk about all time plays in OU history, any sport, that's got to be way up there, man. That Robin, what it would have been a three run homer, right? I'm not crazy, right? No, three run homer. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was a massive play in that game. Massive. I, I mean, that's it. That's an all time play. When you think about the importance that it ended up having in that game, that's an all time play in OU history. It, it was incredible. Um, unbelievable athleticism, tracking that ball turning, jumping, knowing where the wall is, having the awareness of everything around you, making the unbelievable catch. I was a little scared. She got so high that she was going to flip over the wall, hit her like in the low back. That's how high she was. But came down, like made the great catch, but there was never any like change in focus. Barely even hits the ground before she's firing that thing in to where the runners can't advance. It's just she she's amazing. And again, I say it all the time: defense. Their defense is incredible. And yeah, that that's the play of the of the series. And you know, Florida State did it the previous night, but like that game would have been totally different. Not saying that they wouldn't have won, like, you know, they still would have had a chance, but three-run homer there would have made it – what was it at the time? Was it 1-0 at the time? No, it would have been – I think that would have made it three to nothing. Three to nothing? It was So it was before they hit their home run? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, yes, I have it in my notes. I was taking notes at the game like a loser. <laughs> Coleman robs a three-run homer in the bottom of the third. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Just great stuff. And – it also led to one of the best tweets in OU history with uh, Coach Venables slamming Billy Bowman. It was great. What do you say? Better ball skills than Billy Bowman? Billy Bowman, yeah. Softball was, greater than football. That was uh, that was good. And uh, the thing that you know, stood out, right? And the homer that Florida State hit, I didn't think she would hit it well at all, and the ball just kept going. Yeah, I almost she, like had she the just right stuck the bat out there and it. kind of flipped it over the fence. Yeah, yep. Um, but you're right. Uh, let's not skip over the job Starocco did, which uh, not very many people, myself included, thought she was going to get the start. All right, so uh, impressive by her. Goes out there, what, gives up one through four, and as soon as they take the lead with those back-to-back home runs, it's Jordy's game. Right, and that – that was I 
I don't know why I was surprised, and maybe I wasn't, but just a feeling in the stadium, Florida State homers, you're like, okay, there's a little nervous tension in here, but in true Oklahoma softball fashion, just answer right away. Back-to-back jacks from Sanders and Lions. It was it was just like, okay, why did I doubt him at all? That That's kind of what I was sitting in my seat. Thinking like, why? Why did I even doubt him? Why did I doubt him? And it was, I think it just tells you everything you know need to know about this team. Like, just took a punch in the face. Maybe felt like they were backed in a corner a little bit, and, and just came out absolutely swinging. And what once they got up by a run, I, I turned to my wife and I said, "This thing is over." She was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Jordy Ball is coming, and she is slamming this door shut." There was no doubt in my mind. I went and got a funnel cake and started celebrating. Hey, you you know how good Jordy Ball is? It's 3-1 going into the bottom of the seventh. Hadn't thrown a pitch yet for that half of the inning, and Florida State's like crying in the dugout. You're down two. Let's go. Let's get a spark. Like, they knew it's like this thing's over. It's I was like, sitting next to the doing? Florida State parents, yeah. and – they were, I, I'm not going to say they were completely lifeless, but th- those parents have watched a lot of softball, a lot. Mm-hmm. They knew what was what, right? Especially yeah. once it got extended. Once the Sooners got the insurance run, I was standing right by Sander Cox's parents, and Which everyone I- just kind of knew. It was, everyone knew, hey, we're not, they're not getting two off Jordy Ball. There's just, it ain't happening. I want. There's probably a groan in the stadium from FSU because I'm. I imagine, as soon as that second ball left the yard and they had the lead, uh, I'm sure Jordy was up off the bench and headed to the uh, the bullpen to start firing some downrange. It's like, oh my god, here we go, just incredible. And two years left. Two years left, and you just look at the season as a whole, right? Now, the three peat is incredible of course but this season 61 and 1 you finish the year on a 53 game winning streak i i don't even know what to say about that like that is it's as it's as good as it gets in the sport right and baylor may always wonder how the hell did we beat that team like they'll be telling their grandkids about that down the line, but they, they, they were, I guarantee you they were high five and tonight, like we did it. I don't know how, but we did it. It's like the awesome. opposite of the Miami dolphins, right? <laughs> yes. They're like, Oh no, no, no. We want, we want them to beat everyone else. We're the only ones that have beaten them. Let's pop some champagne guys. <laughs> but yeah, it just, what an incredible season. And you look at it, what five of seven now, because remember, yeah. no no Women's College World Series in 2020. That's true. So they've won yeah. five of seven. It's nuts. I mean, that's, uh, I saw, I saw that's this the dynasty. Uh, just like kind of this season, um, uh, Seth, uh, Seth Oliveras put this out there. 61-1 record, 28 wins by run rule, 501 runs scored, 59 runs allowed <laughs> – 59 runs allowed in 62 games, 117 home runs, 35 shutouts, 
only 19 errors on the entire season, 460 strikeouts in uh, 386 innings and the 53-game win streak. Just some incredible numbers, man. It's It's got to be, if not the one of the best seasons of all time in any sport. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. It, it's got to be, is it the best? And I'm not going to pretend like I'm some college softball historian, but I, is there a better season in the history of the sport? I don't think so. I, well, I mean, no, because no one's had that. I mean, you can basically just go with the win streak, the three-peat, and like that's it, the winning percentage. I the funny thing is it's like they should have been 62 and 0. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's gotta that's one of those things that's gonna be just like eat away at them. It's as great as everything was, you know, there's that one tiny little little nugget there, but man, just incredible. I think the most impressive thing, one of the most impressive things in sports to me is when the team that comes into the season and you, you can apply this to any sport, the team that comes into the season as the heavy favorite just takes care of business and goes and wins it all. I think you, you've got the target on your front. You got it on your back. Like everyone's gunning for you. The expectations are incredibly high. Sometimes they're just unfair honestly, but you're able to get it done. And that's exactly what this team did, right? It, it coming off the back-to-back, -back, uh, everyone was gunning for them. And, and for them to put together the season that they did, it just, it, it says so much about those women and that coaching staff for them to be able to, to keep that level of focus and to keep pushing themselves to get better and to go finish the job, man, it's it's so damn impressive. Yeah. And, you know, they're amazing, and they put a ton of pressure on other teams. And you could just sense it. Everyone feels like they've got to play above themselves to to have a chance, right? And and that that's a big benefit to them. But they live under a world of pressure themselves, you know? Winning streaks, when you're going for records, when you're going for three-peats, when – Everyone expects you to just step out there and everyone's going to lay down for you and give it to you and it's going to be easy. I, that that pressure builds on them too, which I kind of feel bad. Coach Gasso hates that damn winning streak and it's going to be waiting on her to start next season, man. You know, and it's, it's going to be that whole thing all over again. I, I think she'll find a way to manage. Oh, I, I, I think she'll find a way to manage. Now, do we even need to talk about game one at all? I, I I don't know why they didn't throw Sandercock in game one. I, I continue to think, and I'm not a softball coach. I, I'm sure there was a lot of strategy and analytics involved in that decision, but I just, I don't think getting smacked in game one, five to nothing builds the confidence for game two. I just, that's, I just don't understand that thought process. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's a it's a tough spot to be in. You know, I, I, traditionally, you sell out for game one, right, in a three-game series. 
Well, even bringing her in when it was zero to zero through what was it? Three innings. Yeah. Yeah. Even bringing her in then, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess like their hope was, and it, it had a chance of working out. We're not going to beat Jordy ball. We're just not going to. So let's, let's see what we can do. Um, Use use multiple pitchers. See if we can make something like find a spark, get still a win. But our best chance is whoever they pitch in in game two against Sander Cock is our best chance to get a win. And then we'll roll into game three. We'll roll the dice. We'll see if something special happens. I, I mean, I understand it. I don't think that's not what I would have done in that situation, but. I guess I, considering who you're up against, I guess I understand the the theory. Maybe they didn't factor in that Kenzie Hansen was going to absolutely rake. Yeah. Oops. I'm sure they did factor that in, though. That's you know? true. Like, Maybe <laughs> they did. But, hey, it, I, just, I just don't understand it. You go back and you think about the approach that Tennessee took, right, throwing their third arm. And then Florida State not going. I I don't know, man. I just if I'm a competitor, like let's go best on best. You throw your best. We're gonna throw our best. Let's do it. Let's hey, let's have this out in game one. But hey, I'm once again not a softball coach. So it's just I I feel like teams continue to overthink it when yeah. they play Oklahoma a little bit. Just, That's just what they make you it. do. That's what they make you do. And it it shows you how Jordy Ball is so dominant that we're going to – the theory is to sit your best pitcher against her because you're not going to win. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible to think about that. In softball, of all sports, we're starting pitchers. Sander Cock could have thrown all three games for him if, if they asked her to, you know. And, you know, that's not optimal – Against some teams, it would be fine, but against Oklahoma with their offense and, you know, they get that many at-bats against her, it's going to be turned into a disaster probably. But, I mean, that's that's how much they're changing the the mindset of their opponent, man. It's crazy. Yeah. that I will say in game two, when it was bases loaded, no outs, and the Sooners got nothing, I was like, oh, oh, no. This could mess up the recording schedule, but <laughs> once again, no, never in doubt, never in doubt, but anything else, man, a lot of fun. I just want to say thank you to those women. It's, it's just so much fun to watch. I really enjoy going to the games. The stadium is 12 minutes from my house. Found that out the hard way with the weather delay situation in game one during uh, weather delay two. Took my son home and put him to bed, Ted, and then went back. So, nice. But that that's also one other thing. Like the for Jordy Ball in game one, and it was an interesting strike zone for game one. There is no doubt about that. But to have both of those delays and for her, it, it just didn't phase her at all, right? Ten strikeouts, complete game. What'd she give up? Two hits. I mean, just she was excellent. Just excellent. I mean, yeah. what a stud. Incredible. Yeah, it, you know, it's 
the stops and restarts with the weather, the going out and running bases for him. She's the fastest player on the team. Um, scored a couple of runs, you know, coming in in relief in a in a you know closer role the following night. It it helps confidence wise when you know at all times, even at pitcher, which is a little bit different, when you know you are the best athlete on the field. You are the fastest, you are the strongest, you've worked harder than anyone else, you've put in the hours, that's where the confidence comes from, and it just, it oozes, you know, it's awesome to watch. Get it for a couple more years. Yeah. Ain't mad about it. Ain't May mad about it. not give up a run for the rest of her career. Nope, not going to happen. Zero runs the rest of the way. A- anything else? Can't wait till next year. Love's field, baby. Love's field, baby. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. We obviously have to go to the first game played in the stadium. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be cold, but it's going to be awesome. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but Patty Gasso, when we got that whole thing signed, sealed, and delivered, she told me, and and I could... I will remind her of this. She told me I get free beer at that stadium for life. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to hold her to that. I'm going with you then. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beer's on me, pal. <laughs> so, but it is, yeah. I hope that everyone enjoys this. Once again, this is not normal. This no. typically does not happen. OU fans, enjoy it. Embrace it. Celebrate it. That's what. I, I told my son, he was it he was sitting right next to me when they won. I said, son, this doesn't happen that often. Even though with this team, yes, it happens often for now. But just enjoy it while you can. And he was looking at me, he was like, helicopter? Uh, he has <laughs> toys in his hand. I was like, dang it. It's not there yet. But it is it's true it's though, special. man. It's it looks easy. They make it look easy. It's not. And you're always um I mean, the run being over is right around the corner. You just never know where it is, right? And, like, that's the one thing, man. And this is just how it works. When you have a dynasty that dominates, it makes everyone else get way better chasing you. And then whenever you have that little dip, it's not as easy just to jump right back on top again, you know, because – Everyone has to really start like whatever they weren't doing before they're doing now they're doing more, right? More money, more technology, more time, you know, more discipline, more off season, like whatever it is, they're chasing you and they're not going to stop because people are trying to save their jobs. You know, there's it's, that's how you, it's how you elevate the sport. So um, they're going to be difficult to knock off that hill, but the the whole the whole softball world is going to continue to get better and better. It's awesome. So Sooner fans, do your part. Continue to support the program any way you can. Continue to support those women. Because I, I don't want them to stop winning national titles. I like mm-hmm. it a lot. I like going. I like when they win. It's fun. Good stuff. All right, let's talk some OU football. But first, 
Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode on the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Love's Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Love's Travel Stops. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. Opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? Well, then head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. The food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right. SEC, little update that I, I think you and I are excited about, right? So next Wednesday, SEC opponents for Oklahoma will be revealed. That's for 2024, of course. Of course. And we don't exactly have all the details but we did have a we did have a planning session for a schedule reveal reaction show for Sooner Vision on ESPN Plus. Ted, we're getting it done, baby. It's awesome. That's great. It's cool um, content, and it's it's going to be really cool. It's it's a big moment for us, man. For for OU going to the SEC. Now, it's not like we are. Uh, peons and we're going to some amazing conference and like we're just thankful that they're letting us in no that's not the feeling here it's we finally get our opportunity to compete with at the moment what is the best conference in all of college sports and it's going to be so fun it's going to be great for the fans it's going to be amazing for the players it, the whole intensity of of the season is going to be cranked up and I can't wait for it. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll put, as we get all of the details, like the timing and everything for, for when that show is going to be, we'll put the details out on Twitter, but I'm pretty Live fired show, up. Right. That. Fans come on down to Rudy's. Yeah. It sounds like that. As far as I understand, it's going to be live show at Rudy's and we are going to encourage people to come and we're going to watch the schedule get revealed together and then kind of react to it that's how i understood it yep uh that's it's it's gonna be fun right like who knows what the schedule is gonna be um i think they're gonna serve us up a, a couple of nice games a couple of nice home games a couple of nice road games like anything is gonna be great right we'll take whatever you give us um, and it's gonna be exciting it, and if you want to see jet lagged me I, oh, yeah. I land, Fresh I get back from bird. Europe at 4.30 p.m. that day. Woo. And I don't know, we don't know exact the exact timing 
of when the show's going to be sometime in the evening, don't worry. Coffee. <laughs> we'll be fine. But I may be a little delirious, and I can't wait. You may have to parachute down uh, out of the bird if you're running late. But, no, it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk some blue chip ratio because I I always find this very interesting. And if you are not familiar with the blue chip ratio, it's this thing that Bud Elliott, friend of the show, put out. He started doing it about, I want to say, like 10 or 12 years ago. And he put his blue chip ratios out for the 2023 season. And a reminder, the whole premise of the blue chip ratio is that you need to sign more four and five star players than two and three star players in your last four recruiting classes in order to have a chance at winning a national title. Now, it doesn't guarantee you're going to win a national title, obviously, but it it kind of tells you that, hey, you got enough ta- talent to go and do it. So, and, and Bud, he he acknowledges the importance of coaching and development and culture and all that stuff, but the last 12 national championship national champions have had a blue chip ratio over the 50% threshold. Yeah. So list this year, 16 teams long and Oklahoma's one of them. Oklahoma's checking in with a 70% blue chip ratio. Now Alabama is top of the list with a 90% blue chip ratio, which is the highest in the history of this metric. Ohio State's checking in at 85, Georgia at 77, AM at 73, Clemson at 72, LSU at 71, Texas and Oklahoma both at 70. And then other schools that are over the 50% threshold are Oregon, Notre Dame, Florida, Miami, Penn State, Michigan, USC, and Auburn. What do you think, Ted? Yeah, well. It's obvious. The better players you recruit, the better chance you have at winning. Um, There is no exact formula. Um, You know, the only thing that I would say is I think there's almost a balance. Like the 70% number, like where Oklahoma is, like maybe you can go a little bit higher, 75, but I feel like there's a there begins to be a bit of a diminishing return on like culture. I think culture in college football is maybe more important than any other sport. Um like Alabama has a 90% ratio. They also have an excellent culture. So, like, to me, that's really important. You've seen teams in the past that aren't necessarily prepared culture-wise for that type of roster, and it feels like it never works, it eats itself, and it leaves the program in shambles. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you have a couple years, great recruiting, expectations kick up, Problems start to happen around the program. 
coach becomes under pressure because of how much people have invested in, in, you know, in, in, in facilities and everything to get the top recruits and the whole thing just crumbles. So, uh, Alabama, like, just take a look at Georgia. Georgia's had themselves an off season now. Um, not to suggest that the culture isn't good at Georgia, but I think that that's something that you got to look out for, man. You've got to find the right balance. But ultimately, if everyone could have a 90% blue chip ratio like Alabama, they would do it and culture be damned. <laughs> yeah, no, I I hear you. But it's just when, when I see it, it's just a good reminder that OU's got a talented roster, man. It's not, these aren't a bunch of bums. These are players that teams all across the country wanted. And I know that it is, you know, it's hard to be, it's hard to be that excited after what we saw a year ago. Right. And maybe you're questioning the level of talent. I know we certainly have said it a lot like this. This team needs to get more talented, especially at the line of scrimmage. Right. But they've they've got one of the most talented rosters in college football. Yeah. Uh, according to the ratio, they've got the, you know, tied for the seventh most talented roster in college football. So I'd like to see the breakdown. You know, I feel like a lot of our blue chip players are like skill position players. Like I think we have we we've got we've got pockets of high blue chip ratio and then pockets of low blue chip ratio. You'd like to have a and we're getting way better. Like our our last recruiting class was incredibly balanced. Like that's a little bit more where we need to be. And I think they've I think they've already balanced the roster out quite a bit, you know. I mean, because yeah. like you look at you look at Bama and Georgia, like some those teams are are the classic example of they've got a lot of great skill players, but those teams are built inside out, right? And that is that's where my mind went when 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 you see Alabama at a ninety percent and Ohio State at an eighty five and Georgia at a seventy seven. I wondered, okay, how can OU close that gap? Or let's say they can't, right, just from a ratio standpoint. Let's say they can't get up to an 80%. How how can OU close the gap between them and those teams? And, and the answer is pretty simple. Line of scrimmage play and quarterback play. Yeah. That's it, right? If you want – if another team is – collecting right and stockpiling more talent than you you got to have blue chip difference making guys at the key spots and that's o-line d-line and quarterback that's where it all starts for me now wide receivers become a huge deal corners become a huge deal there's no doubt but if you don't have a bunch of badasses at the line of scrimmage and an absolute difference maker at quarterback mm-hmm. You're not going to be Bama in Georgia. You're just not if you're Oklahoma. You know, here's the here's the part that I think gets really interesting. Like 
probably not too long ago. Maybe you do have to go back a ways, but you could be, you know, maybe 20% below someone in this blue chip ratio and make up for a ton of that with scheme, with coaching, with game plan, with like maneuvering a couple of things around, like we're going to, you know, maybe a surprise onside kicker will take a couple of, of risk here and there, and you could chew up a lot of that discrepancy with 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 those type of, uh, you know, with, with coaching and stuff. But now, like every, like the level of coaching is so high. The, it's like everyone in college, because you used to have option teams and, power football teams and then you had spread offenses and then you had like you had a a wide range of of things that you may see on a week by week basis and you know spread teams for the longest time could make up a a big gap and give themselves a chance against teams that were more talented but everyone essentially aside from like a couple of light things everyone runs the same offense now like same style and they may feature a run a little bit different, but it's all almost the exact same stuff that everyone's doing. So it's way harder, I think, to to dig out wins just by having great coaches. Yeah, and that's that's the thing when you look at you know Bama and Ohio State and Georgia, the top three teams on this list, they got great coaching staffs. Everyone on this list does. I, I well A and M. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Well, they have, they're going to have one of the most entertaining coaching staffs. I cannot wait for the Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino dynamic. That is my, like, that is the place I'm pointing at right now for the, like, your blue chip ratio outpacing your culture. Right. And, and that matters. Yeah. It absolutely matters. And that's where, that that's where Venables can close the gap. Right, the culture of accountability, the culture of toughness, right? That's where Jerry Schmidt comes in. And those things absolutely have to happen mm-hmm. because Georgia ain't slowing down. Bam ain't slowing down. And we're about to be in the same league as those guys. Yep. So that's where I, I looked at this and it made me think about a lot of things, man. And one of the things, like, it's the who's who in college football on this thing, right? And that 90%. Yeah, the teams you're looking at right there have been the same ratio or, like, they've just, like, switched around over the last 50 years. You know, it's just, like, they just kind of reshuffle the deck. It, and it made me think about you know, some of the discussions we had when the when NIL and transfer portal and that all combined and hey we all thought hey maybe that can result in a little more parity in college football in college football you know big time recruits going other places cuz they're getting bigger NIL deals they'll go be a star at maybe a lower power 5 program they'll take them just that just is not happening nope it's not if anything when you look at this, the gap's just getting wider and wider between these top big-time brands in college football 
that are pumping unbelievable amounts of resources into recruiting, into facilities, into player development, like all this stuff. And it seems like even more of the high four-star and five-star guys are going those places, not less like the parody. It is not getting spread out across the country. Well, that is, that is not how it looks. Here's what happens. Like these are the schools throughout history that have won the most games. And you build a bigger fan base whenever you win the most games. And when you have a bigger fan base, you have a more likelihood of raising more money for facilities, for NIL, for, you know, all the coaches that you've had to fire over the last 15 years, right? You just, as you've won a lot of games, you have a huge, huge fan base and they're willing to invest in the program. It's hard to get, other than being lucky, like maybe a Miami, that you've got a billionaire that just so happens to want to throw a ton of money in there. Like outside of that, it's hard to make up ground on anyone. It wasn't very long ago when teams didn't even lift weights in the offseason. And then someone did, and they got an advantage. And then everyone started doing it. You know, and it's just like it just builds and builds and builds and builds. It's an arms race that never stops. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but Elliot did, did do a separate graphic for the blue chip ratio where they took transfer rankings into account. So 24 seven sports, they're ranking transfers, right? So they have their high school ranking. But then they adjust it for what they've accomplished in college. Right. And that that's a separate ranking. And they factor that into the blue chip ratio. And I thought this was pretty interesting. When you do that for Oklahoma, right? You factor in what they've got for OU's transfers and that ranking, it drops the blue chip ratio from a 70% to a 62%. Which, hey, it's still over the threshold of 50% which is, that's the whole thing. Hey, if you have more four and five stars than three uh, than two and three stars in the last four recruiting classes, then you have a chance to win it all. If you don't, then you don't. So I, I don't know if there's much to read into that, but I just, I thought it was really interesting that it dropped that significantly. Well, I think it's because we've had Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler, Hazelwood, like count the five stars that have transferred out. Yeah. And I don't think we've gotten any five stars transfer in. No. So. Not many five stars in the old portal. No. We. Yeah, we. um, We got off to a bad start on that metric right there. Yeah. that. But. It'll be hard for us to ever like catch up to what we lost out of that group of, you know, when it was there four or five stars in that one class and they're all gone like that. It's, that's going to be hard to make up. Yeah. But if OU fans hear the 90% number for Bama and go, wait, how are we supposed to beat a team? Just know that, 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 that LSU team that uh, I want to forget that peach bowl so badly. That was not fun. We did not have a good time on that radio call, Ted, but Just for reference, that LSU team was a 64% on the blue chip ratio. 
But what did they have? Some really good play at the line of scrimmage and an absolutely elite dude at quarterback. Right? So it's it's had not a hell impossible. of a baseball player at quarterback. Yeah. You see him dropping bombs? Yeah, just hitting <laughs> dingers. But yeah, was... he, but yeah, then obviously we're talking about and Joe what, Burrow. Clemson in 2016 was a 53%, right? 52. 52%. But they yeah. had a guy named Deshaun Watson. Yep. Right? And then Clemson did it again in 2018. 61% blue chip ratio. Culture. Trevor Lawrence. Culture and quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So... It's it, it. You don't have to be in the eighties or now nineties. Bama's the first one to have a ninety. Like it, it's a blend. But ultimately, it's a good thing that OU's in this group because for the last twelve years, no one outside of this group, when you're looking at that metric, has won a national title. Now, there's been teams that have made the playoff, but no one has. No one's won at all. And last time I checked, that's the whole thing at Oklahoma, right? And that expectation is never going to change. So, one of 16. It's crazy. So, I'm guessing Alabama has eight players on their roster on scholarship that are not four or five-star players, right? Probably two punters, two kickers. Long snappers. Long snappers snappers. are killing the tide. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's signees. They don't factor in walk-ons or anything like that. It's a it's a cool little metric that I do think before the season, I like to look at it because in all likelihood, the national champion is coming out of that group of 16 teams. So it, which is, you you could probably say, okay, give me Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and maybe throw Michigan in there or somewhat. But I just, I just find it, I find it interesting, and I'm just glad, I'm glad Oklahoma is, is in the group. I'd rather be in the group than outside the group. I know that, Ted. Yeah. Well, it's um. It's it's definitely the the club you want to be welcome in, and like I said earlier, our seventy percent has not been very well balanced, but it is getting that way. And like where we sit right now is is much better than than where we've been previously. Yeah. All right. One more thing I wanted to hit: Athlon Sports. Right. It's starting to be that time of the year. Preseason magazines, baby. They're getting put together. I saw Phil Steele, our buddy Phil Steele, said they just finished their magazine, going to start printing them and sending them out. So the season is close. But in, in Athlon's preseason magazine, they they have a section, right? When they talk about each team, there's a section where opposing coaches get to speak anonymous, anonymously about that team. And somehow, some way, 24-7 sports, got their hands on what was said about each big 12 school by an opposing coach. And I wanted to read, wanted to read you the quote about Oklahoma. Okay. Probably the best way to explain last season is that they've got a head coach who hasn't made all the hard decisions yet. 
They're caught between eras, what they were, and also what was slipping with Lincoln and what they want to be heading into the SEC next year. I'm not sure Brent understood the landscape of recruiting for OU coming from Clemson for so long and being able to win on guys easier. Norman, you have to work there. It's not easy. A little bit to unpack there, Ted, but what do you think of Coach Anonymous's uh, of his comments? Um, I think there's, I think they are caught between eras, for sure, right? You've, yeah. You had uh, an outgoing head coach whose style, um, style, personality, the way he wanted to build a football team is basically a polar opposite from the guy that's there now. Um, and yeah, they're, they're caught between eras and I, the makeup of those two football teams is totally different. I, like I was just talking about, we were, our ratio was very heavy in skill position and offensive guys for our blue chips. Um, you know, Venables is going to be way more balanced. I believe with, with that. So I do believe that, yes, they're caught between errors. Um, but, like, the last part of it is stupid. I'm not sure Brent understood the landscape of recruiting for OU coming from Clemson for so long and being able to win on guys easier. Norman, you have to work there. It's not easy. He just had, like, one of the best recruiting classes they've had in a long time, the number four overall class. Um uh, that's where I, I think that that's a strange statement. Well, let's also not forget this. He said he didn't understand, understand the landscape of recruiting for OU. He was there for 13 years yeah. before he came back. You don't think he's got a good grasp of what it takes to recruit to Oklahoma? He was there yeah, for that's, forever. That, that's, the, that's a weird statement. I mean, and I don't I don't know what last season is that they got a head coach who hasn't made all the hard decisions yet. I I don't know what that's like referring to. They made a bunch of hard decisions. I they've turned over an incredible amount of players on that roster. Um the numbers are staggering. That's making hard decisions. Um but I, I don't I guess I don't know really what that if that's referring to like in-game decisions or personnel. I, I guess I don't know exactly what that means. And really the hard decisions, if you're talking about like coaching staff and stuff like that, like those typically don't come after your first year, you know. So I don't know. But they're definitely caught between eras for sure. Yeah. And but here's the like there is no um like there's there's no they know exactly what they need to be going to the SEC. Like Venables has the vision of what exactly it is that he wants and what they need as they head to the SEC. And that's both as like a roster, a football program, and as like just the things you need in in your football program to compete. Like not not on the field stuff, like off the field stuff and like what all that entails, like NIL and, and facilities. And, you know, it's just, there, there's a lot there. So 
I, I think they know exactly what direction they want to go, but it's just not as easy as flipping the switch. Yeah, and I think that I, I think Jeff Levy also with, with his time in the SEC and Joe John, right? He spent time in the SEC as well. I think Levy's experiences at Ole Miss, I, I think that his knowledge of what it all looked like when he was there and how he could, he's relayed that information to Brent and how Levy's taken charge of, you know, some of those things and, and has really spearheaded some stuff that's been very productive in recruiting for Oklahoma. I think, I think that's been a big piece as well and has, has this whole thing moving in a, in a positive direction. Who do you think it was that said that? I don't know. I thought about it for a while, but I Campbell? just. Are they head no. coaches or coordinators or. I, Campbell would never speak to a reporter. Zero chance. The guy, yeah. I don't even think I've ever heard the guy do a radio interview. So it's probably a, it's probably coordinator then, or I don't know. I'd like to know though. Call Athlon sports. See if they'll squeal. What are the chances they just flat out make it up? That would be so fun. I'd be so good at that. Yeah. It's like, hey, would you like to be an anonymous coach and give us random quotes? <laughs> yes, sign me up. You want me to stir up some some issues, or do you want me to just kind of just dip the toe in the water just to get people thinking is really what you want to do. That's funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but I thought I thought it was interesting. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first... Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSS, AA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, Contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica compares coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business Insurica's goal is to help you avoid a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Um... I had to go a little bit different this time. Um, and I thought I was going to put this as a, this was like a, I circled this as, this is going to be a loser of the week whenever I first heard it. But the more I thought about it, I came around. Big 12 and Brett Yormark with their ideas with what they want to do in Mexico. Now, follow me here. I know that on first thought, a lot of people say, why in the hell would you go play a football game 
or a basketball game in Mexico. What is the point of that? Um, they are they are not following along with college football and college basketball in Mexico. But the more I thought about it, you know, especially on the football side, which the first thing that happened was I saw that I think it was like two or three weeks ago, Mexico had their college football national championship. It was in Monterey, Mexico. And I saw some clips from the game and it was a packed house. It was crazy. It was super loud. I, I didn't get to see what the level of football is, but that doesn't matter. What matters is there is some type of appetite for football in Mexico. And let's be honest, you're not stealing fans from the SEC with the Big 12. You're not stealing fans from the Big 10. Like Fan bases are locked in on their school. The only way to increase market share is to create it. And by going to Mexico, and I don't know, like, television-wise, like how rights and stuff like that may work in Mexico or or what their plan really is to monetize it, but I do think that there's something there. I don't know that it's an absolute home run or that they're going to be doing this thing long-term, but... I think it's at least something to give a try and see if you can find a way to make some money off of it. Yeah. I, I think it's creative and I think it's, you know, is it risky? Sure. But I think this is exactly what Brett Yormark was hired to do. Uh, He was supposed to be the out of the box guy that has all these kinds of relationships around the world. Right. And, Personally, and maybe it's just because I do Big 12 radio every day, but I think it's going to work. And one of the reasons why I think it's going to work, you're taking Kansas and Houston and you're going and playing a basketball game in Mexico City? What, in December? That's going to be, what, number one versus, like, number five? Yeah. It's going to be what one of the best games in all of college basketball all year long. Big 12 soccer, like they're going to do, what was it, Big 12 Mexico and soccer and stuff? Like, I don't know if they're going to have, like. They're going to have the Big 12 teams in, I believe it was baseball and women's soccer. They're going to be playing Mexican teams. Yeah, like um, Which exhibition is awesome. games, right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's really cool. I, and I it, as far as, yeah, as far as the television distribution, if I understood the press release correctly, like leading up to the launch of Big 12 Mexico, throughout this year, Fox Sports and ESPN are going to use like their Spanish-speaking channels, like ESPN Deportes, and I think it's called Fox Deportes as well. They're going to push Big 12 stuff out on those channels to start building the bond. Like it's It's really interesting, and then you start drilling down into the fact that Endeavor, which is a massive events and talent company, right? Endeavor that did the WWE mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, UFC merger, that Endeavor. They're helping them do all of this and put it all together. Yeah, And I got a feeling that Brett Yormark knows the people over at Endeavor. Just a feeling. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, you've got to think about it. 
it's 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 the only low hanging fruit that there is. Like I said, you're you're just you're not going to all of a sudden start out recruiting the SEC and beating them on the football field consistently. You may have a team that makes a run every now and then. We've seen that with saw TCU do it a year ago. But you're not going to out-recruit those teams. You're not going to raise more money. You're not going to beat them in NIL. So your TV deal is always going to be well below what theirs is. And if you want to create more revenue for your member institutions, you have to go somewhere else to find some money. And they're ta- they're picking up the low-hanging fruit. It's not, I don't think it's going to create a massive amount of revenue, at least not early. But it's gonna re- it's gonna create something, and who knows if if something catches on and you create a little bit of a spark there, and you actually can turn it into some real money that that makes a difference. I don't think it's a, a an easy way to explore some some serious opportunity. Yeah, and they're partnering in, partnering with a Mexico City based marketing agency to help them with all that. Right, those people are going to know what sells, right, in, in Mexico I mean, City. It's it's kind of like the equivalent of, yeah. I don't know how much Mexico follows hoops or football. I know they they follow soccer, so it's it, it it's almost like it's like you, you flip it. And I know they've done some of these where like. Like Manchester United will come through and play some exhibition games or friendlies, and people like go in droves to see that, right? Because you just don't get the opportunity. There's people that follow those things, and you just don't get the opportunity to see it in person. So, like, I don't know that there's like some, you know, under the radar hunger there for for college hoops and or or college football, but like. I'm sure there's there's some type of appetite there and and you may you may you may find something. I'd be down you you want to go do the radio call for the Monterey Bowl in 2026? Where is Monterey? No clue. No idea. I'd I'd prefer to do it in Cabo. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. <laughs> but yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I'm down. We'll call Estridge, see if he can make it see if he can make it happen. But I in all seriousness, I think it's I think it's an out of the box creative idea. And if the Big Twelve wants to close the gap between them and the Big Ten and the SEC from a revenue standpoint, they gotta get creative, man. And this is this this is certainly creative. And there's also twenty two million people in Mexico City. So no kidding. You you don't have to get a large percentage of the population to come watch the game. You just got to fill the stadium, you know, no doubt. And last thing I'll say is if you, if you want to continue to grow and you have to continue to grow the growth, it's, it's no secret why the NBA is they're doing everything they can to, to go international, right. To get more international the NFL, there's a reason the NFL continues to play more and more games in Europe. They're trying to expand the sport and expand viewership because 
like you, it may change in the States from one year to another ratings wise, but it's just like moving a little bit. Like if you really want to change the bottom line, you got to go add millions of people somewhere else. And that's outside of our borders because everyone right now is kind of, they watch what they watch. So yeah, that's what everyone's doing. Yeah. I can't wait to see how it goes. I, I really can't. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the week? I thought this was hilarious. I There's no bigger slam or, um, or insult than when someone, like you say something about someone and they say they don't know who you are. Uh, and Deion Sanders said that about Pat Narduzzi. He did this like Q&A with uh, 247 Sports. And they said, what do you say to people like Pat Narduzzi who have been critical of your roster overhaul? And uh, I think the answer is, like, really good. He said, what was his situation when he came to Pitt? He had a different situation than me. He's not mad at me. He's mad at the situation in football now that allowed his player, his best player to leave a year ago. He's not mad at me. He's using me to shoot bullets at another coach who he has an issue with. I don't know who he is. If he walked in here right now, I wouldn't know him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was just a great answer. And like, there's not a whole lot you could say back from that. If you're Pat yeah, Narduzzi. What, what do you say if you're Pat Narduzzi in that situation? Cause you know, you absolutely know, especially with how outspoken he's been on some of this stuff. Someone's going to ask him about it. Oh yeah. And there's going to be a camera in his face. And I want to see his reaction real bad. <laughs> That I mean, that's honestly, it's a great answer, though. It's like, he's not mad at me. He's mad at the state of college football, like it, what we're in right now. And Lincoln Riley. <laughs> yeah. And Andy, Andy's mad at Lincoln. Yeah. But no, uh, that, that is, Pat Narduzzi had to see that and go, damn it. And what do you say? It's Deion Sanders. You I just, mean, what do you even say? No Everyone comment. knows who Deion Sanders is. He's gonna he'll turn it right back around on you. It may not it may be something that's that's good. It may be something that's not, but everyone's just gonna go, ooh. So you just you just step away. No, I I hope Narduzzi does the exact opposite. I hope he comes gun guns blazing right back. He might. He might. We need the content, Ted. Come on. I know. Let's do it. Let's go, Narduzzi. Come on, Narduzzi. Light that fire. Let's go. All right. Let's get to my winner and loser. But first. John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. Family owned and operated. They got nine full full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. Here's how it works. Buy a new or used car from them. All you have to do is get all the manufacturer-recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership, and if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they'll cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at Vance Auto Group. Com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. 
Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Ladies and gentlemen, make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, for my winner of the week, thought about going with Notre Dame fans. Notre Dame football fans. Ted, they love nothing more than being independent. They want nothing to do with the conference. Don't. All you got to do is talk to one. They'll let you know. They don't need a conference. And the news that their athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, will step down in 2024, and he will be replaced by NBC Sports Chairman Pete Bavacqua is what I'm going with. Mm. Bavacqua? Yeah, that's right. Nailed it. Maybe you have a, the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Bevacqua. You know what I just realized? Did we skip birthday shout outs? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to scroll up. We got to, I, I mean, we can't not do them. Yeah. I, well, I just, I didn't know if those were left over from previous. Oh, no, they're new. They're fresh. Okay. okay. Thank goodness I remembered. Yeah. I was so excited about OU softball that I just blew right through it. Yeah, well, it happens. That's a, that's what national championships do to you. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. All right, birthday shout-outs real quick. Happy first birthday to Paxton Garrell? 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 Garrell. 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 Happy seventh birthday to Jackson Wilson. Happy 29th birthday to Sheldon Lee. And happy 55th birthday to Jim Stone. Okay, back to Notre Dame. (laughs) So, Jack Swarbrick, their AD, announced he's going to be out early 2024. NBC Sports chairman Pete Bavacqua is taking over. And I got to assume he's taking over because he's there to get Notre Dame a new sweet TV deal. And it when you hire a guy like that, doesn't seem like he's going to be interested in taking them into a conference. He's there to get the best deal put together that he possibly can. I'm assuming since he's coming from NBC, that it is going to be with NBC like it has been, but the ACC is the big loser in all this, right? That was, that was their hope. They're in that terrible TV deal. It's like, what if we can lure the Irish? It ain't happened. Bavacqua, very instrumental in getting the Big Ten TV deal done with NBC. Just something to remember. But thought it, thought it all was pretty interesting. That is interesting. I wonder what their TV deal is going to look like because – it's been pretty crazy that they've been they've been well behind what most other major conference schools get and it's just going to be very difficult for them to continue to remain competitive they've done a really good job but i think it's going to be harder and harder with less money um I'm interested to see what that deal becomes. Yeah. No, it's it's certainly something to keep right. our eye on. Even if it's a $50 million a year deal, 
you're still going to be losing what 20 plus million a year to your competition. That's hard to deal with, man. The price of independence, Ted. Yeah. The price of independence. Can you put a price on not being in a conference? Mr. Layman, can you? Well, Notre Dame maybe, people love that, man. They really not do. For Notre Dame, but for me, you sure as hell can. <laughs> I can put a price on it. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, I also thought about going uh, with Nikola Jokic. Mm. He's the best basketball player in the world. Nuggets up 2-1 now. Well, technically, when this comes out, it'll be Friday. So, game four is tonight. Who knows what happens? But Jokic, 32-21-10 in game three. And I think... I think he's officially he's king of the castle in the NBA. I don't think anyone it, he's just, he's he's a little he's not as athletic as Giannis, obviously, but damn, he's good, man. He he's the best player in the NBA. He's better than KD. He's better than Giannis. I just when you're putting up numbers like that in the finals, when that was the one box you had left to check off, he is. Is best this, player in the league. Uh, I agree. Is this the first time in history the best player in the league has been an international player? I, I don't. Yes. Was the only other guy I could think of was Dirk. And I, I mean, he was right. That's there, true. The- but I don't know that he was necessarily the best in the world during his era. Their like, championship year, when he carried the Mavs to the championship, that, that was incredible. That was incredible. Yeah. Right. That that's one of the all-time performances, all-time playoff runs we've ever seen in the NBA. Now, Steve Nash was a two-time MVP. Remember, he's Canadian, so mm-hmm. technically international. I don't think anyone thought Steve Nash was the best player in the league. Right. Then. But I, yeah. I don't think anyone thought that. Now he won MVP and you can never take it from him, but Rare. I mean, Kobe was playing, you know. Like, yeah, I don't think if anyone would say, "No, no, no, give me, give me Nash." I don't want Kobe. I just come on. Well, I know there's never been an international player who's been the best player in the NBA while also looking like he's going to pass out from exhaustion uh, as he runs up and down the court, or but he's somehow to- also never getting tired. It's- he looks he looks exhausted constantly, but he's never tired. I know. How's that it, possible? It looks like he's a, always about to either fall over from exhaustion or fall over from stumbling on himself. Yet the ball finds someone that's wide open for an easy bucket or he makes the shot. It's incredible. His his decision making with the basketball. I've been I won't lie. I've been I've been showing Cam clips. Like, hey, watch this guy. You're probably going to be ground bound like this guy. This is how you hoop, son. Look at how it look. Look at this. Look at the anticipation. Look at the vision. When he gets a mismatch, look how he goes and he attacks. You got it. Now, my son's probably not going to be seven feet tall, but but still, still good to start him young. He he plays beautiful basketball, man. It's just it's really fun to watch. I. I, I really to, enjoy it. It looks weird, man, but I really enjoy it. I need to send you this. Um, there's this this kid on Twitter. I think it's Twitter. Maybe it's TikTok, but I see it on Twitter. 
and him and his friend like imitate all of these NBA guys and they were they were doing um they were doing him and why am I drawing a blank the other guy on Denver's team uh Jamal Murray Jamal Murray it was like this is this is Jokic and Jamal Murray uh it's, it's like Nick uh Jokic and Jamal Murray be like and then it shows this video it's dude it is so funny it's hilarious I'll have to send it to you he he does a perfect Jokic it's it's great. Jamal Murray, also very good in game three. Yes. And got a little court for 30 point triple doubles. Yeah. Just a couple of them. No big deal. Also, Jamal Murray. Now, now, I don't know if you saw court burned on his hand Ooh. shaped exactly like the state of Oklahoma. How about that? Huh. I don't know what it means. It's not easy to do. No, not easy at all. And if you haven't seen it, go look it up, people. Looks exactly like it. So I is he a free agent coming up? Is that what that means? I, no. I, I don't know. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, not. We take ain't it. going nowhere. Yeah. All right. But my winner of the week, we don't talk much soccer on here, man. Messi. It's crazy. Leaving PSG has signed with Inter Miami of the MLS. Turn down Barcelona, or if one of your friends studied abroad, abroad there, Barcelona, Barcelona, and also <laughs> reportedly turned down one point six billion dollars from the Saudis. That's crazy. Which is just an insane power move, but it does sound like he's getting some pretty sweet stuff for for signing there with Miami. I saw, according to ESPN's Jeff Carlisle. I guess he's got the option uh, for some part ownership. And remember, Beckham owns a big piece of that. David Beckham is the one he who owns, owns the whole thing. No, he? the whole thing. He so when he signed his contract, is it like twenty five million dollars or something? In order like that? to get him, he had an option to buy a franchise for twenty five million. And at the time, they just had sixteen teams. Now they've got twenty nine, I think, and. The team he bought for twenty five billion is valued at six hundred million. That'll work. Uh, and I wonder what it's valued at now with Lionel Messi. Yeah, you see well, the ticket prices. Yeah, they also they also got five million Instagram followers of like twenty four hours. Five million. Oh, more. Yeah, that's right. Because doesn't Messi have like more social media followers than anyone in the world? Well, it's either him or Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Ronaldo. It's them too, though. Yeah. But so he's getting, so he's definitely going to be in the ownership, right? Mm -hmm. He'd be stupid to turn that down. And then I guess he's getting a cut of new subscribers that subscribe to the MLS streaming thing on Apple TV plus. Like there might be a billion people in the world subscribed to it. <laughs> so I, I don't know what the cut looks like, but it, it's, it's an interesting deal. And I saw some of the quotes he put out and it's not technically a done deal, but he's announced it publicly. Like I don't think he's going to back out of it or anything like that, but it, it's so interesting because the quotes, it basically makes it sound like he wants to live a normal life and in America. People just don't care about us about him and soccer as much. And he, and he likes that. 
I don't that's kind of, that was kind of me reading in between the lines. You know, it is interesting. He is, if not the one of the most famous people in the history of the world of all time. I think that's fair. And he could probably walk into the Walmart neighborhood market in Norman and no one in there would know who the hell he is. <laughs> they, maybe uh, one, I, maybe one or two people. Yeah. I think very few people like he could walk around an OU football game and all he'd have to do, if he put a hat on or something, yeah. game over. He's not a big guy either. No. Now maybe Doesn't the tattoos would give it away, but I, let me ask you this though. I think he's, he can just live a little bit more of a normal life here. Well, he says that, but he went to Miami. Yeah. Whatever normal is for one <laughs> right. of the most famous people on planet earth. Yeah. I know somebody who's buying a ranch in Montana, Mr. Messi. <laughs> um, honestly though, like here's what I don't know. Cause I don't follow it. He's 35. I know he just won the world cup. Where's his skill level at right now? Better he's than not, anyone in the MLS, probably. Yeah, no, no offense to those guys. It's not like uh, when Beckham came, he was pretty washed at the time, right? Yeah, I don't think now he's not at the peak of his powers, but I, I don't think that he's washed because PSG they won their league. Now it didn't go well for him in the Champions League, but they won their league. Now he's got Neymar and Mbappe on his team. That also helps. Yeah, but say so. but it is. I mean, I think he's. I mean, still got it a little bit. He's not. He's not. Twenty seven. You're anymore. telling me that Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar are all on the same team. Correct. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Shows yeah. what I know. And That's he didn't awesome. go back to Barcelona. They've had some financial issues there. Well, I, I think it's an awesome move for him. And it's, I don't know. I say, I was about to say it may be a, like a, a bit lower pressure way to end out his career. Um, like, I don't know how he, how he approaches that. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's fascinating though. Like I, that's a damn coup for MLS. Can you imagine how happy the other MLS owners are? Oh my God. It's the best day of those guys' lives. It's like, yeah, we gave David Beckham a $600 million franchise for $25 million, but that's nothing compared to what the possibilities are with. Now, they better capitalize on it, though. Like, he's like, how long is he going to play? Right. People aren't going to stream MLS forever if if they don't. And I think they have. They've continued to get better and better. So, uh, no, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, more of those MLS guys are starting to get, for lack of a better term, purchased by some of the European clubs. So it, do, it does seem like MLS has, has gained steam in the talent. The depth of the talent's getting better. So, dude, I know this. I'm probably going to watch some MLS. It's too interesting. It's too interesting not to watch him. Yeah, we're all we're all gonna want to see what it looks like. 
Or, I, I know I am. What is OKC still trying to get a stadium built? Yeah, that's part of that maps for MLS. Well, it's, I know they they tried and it was like they kept like beating it around. I just didn't know where they were at on. I hadn't heard anything in a while. I we'll we'll check in with our buddy uh, Mayor David Holt. See what the latest update is. Need to. Yeah. All right. For my loser of the week, thought about going with whatever the College Football Players Association is. I don't know who these people are. Just stay out of the way, guys. Stop stop telling these college football players not to take the money for the EA Sports College Football video game. Stop it. Stop it. You're trying to ruin it for all of us. $500 is fine for them. Let's You're so start- annoying. Stop it. Leave it be. Damn it. Let's let's start something that's called like what are they called the college football players union? Like we could call ours like the um Podcasters Union of America. Something. And we'll just like release something that says uh all the players are actually going to take the five hundred. We've advised everyone to take the five hundred dollars. There's nobody in the college football players association. There's nobody in that. Like, what is that? Who are they advising? I I do not know. All I know is they're giving bad advice. They're not even they're not employees. There what is, there is no union. There are no benefits. There's nothing there. They don't advise shit. <laughs> right? Correct. It's just some it's just some group of people releasing a statement. Yeah. Because pretty much every college football player I've seen has said no, I'll take the five hundred dollars and be in the game, please. Yeah, I <laughs> I would like to be in the game because it's awesome. And that's the thing, man. Just just give us the game. That's all the guys want. Give them a free copy of the game. Give them their five hundred bucks, and let's get the best game on planet Earth back. That's it. Get out of the way. What are you called again? College Football Players Association. Get out of the way. Stop it. Stop poisoning these young men's minds with these ridiculous ideas. Here's the two options. This option over here, you get $500. You're in a game. You'll have like skills and all of that crap. It'll be cool. Like you can play, you know, as yourself or as your teammates. It's awesome. The other option over here is that they make the game anyway. You're not in it. You get no money. Seven seconds after it's released, everyone like has these uploaded rosters anyways, and you've got nothing to show for it. Just take the money. Take the money. They're going to make it anyways. And there is nothing more fun than arguing in the locker room with the guys on your team about everyone's rankings. <laughs> right. Whether it's right or wrong, Ted, my senior year, I was one of the few guys that was in the 90s, and it literally gave me street cred in the locker room. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. I felt really good about myself. Now, they made my arms way too big, but (laughs) I wasn't mad about it. But I was like, yeah, that it was legitimately a talking point in the locker room. Don't rob these kids of that. It's so fun. That's great. Yeah. Don't let's let's not be stupid. Don't. Don't take away from the, I don't know how many college football players are. There's a ton of them. Don't take away from all of those guys because 
a small handful of the stars at the top think they need more than 500 bucks. Yeah. Don't be, don't be silly. Come on. That's all right. What but you're going to love about a union is you all get to make the same type of deals. Correct. Just let them opt in or opt out. And Caleb Williams should just say, I'm opting in, but you got to put me on the cover. And they'll probably go, okay, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. Do it that way. All right. My loser of the week. Follow me on this, Ted. The SEC. Because I poke fun at the Big Ten quite a bit. Yeah. Right? They think they're better than everyone else. They think they're so much smarter than everyone else. Remember, let's not forget they tried to cancel football in 2020. Never forget. But I kind of think they crushed it with the schedule. Now, (laughs) calling it the Flex Protected Plus model, I don't know if that's a joke title or a real thing. I keep seeing it, though. Oh, that's the that's oh that that's my identity protection plan that I just bought. <laughs> the Flex Protected Plus. Yeah, yeah, you can get that from our friends over at Insurica. <laughs> but I mean, it just God, sounds ridiculous. So stupid. It Man, sounds ridiculous. I, I don't know how some of this stuff makes it out of these these committees or these groups. Flex Protected Plus. I I don't know if that's the real name, but I've seen it everywhere. It's definitely a thing, but. The bottom line is the SEC came out and said, hey, we're staying with eight. And the Big Ten came out and said, we're doing nine. We're going divisionless. And they gave us the home and away. And so you eliminate divisions, which, man, it felt like the Big Ten East was really the stronger division in that. And now that's that's not the case. Will we get Ohio State and Michigan back-to-back some years? Absolutely. I'm sure we will. But I love it. Nine conference games. They said every Big Ten team will play every other Big Ten team twice, home and away, in a four-year span. It's exactly how it should be. Exactly how it should be. It's not that hard, SEC. Big Ten was able to do it. Even though they gave it a goofy-ass name, they were able to do it. Not that hard. They have eliminated themselves from winning a national championship in 2024-2025, though, with the uh, nine-game conference schedule. Um, if stats history, or stats, if history holds, um, no, I think it's, I think it's, it's not Bama having 90% four and five stars. It's the nine <laughs> game schedule. You're right. right. You're right. right. It's that Vanderbilt game that, that they're going to add. Um, I, it, it seems so simple, doesn't it? Yeah. Everyone in the conference plays everyone, every home and away, every four years, every kid gets to see every every stadium in the in in the conference very easy long as you mix it up right now i did think it's funny which stuff like this is why it's i just i hate the suits man i hate the suits if you're playing nine conference games you're going to have five home one year four road or five road and four home wouldn't you know that Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State all have five home games to start things off in 2024? It's just so predictable. It's like they never, like, 
and I get it. It's money. Everyone wants to serve up their best teams, right? You know, but I hate schedule manipulation with a passion. They're trying their best. I, I, I do think the way that they're treating UCLA and USC, like every Big Ten team will play in L.A. in 2024 or 2025. Mm-hmm. I think that's smart, right? I, I think that. Was yeah, it and, one of the, was USC UCLA a protected game? Yeah, you know, and, and that was the whole thing. They don't worry. They put their Big Ten touch on this thing, right? What protected eleven games? I think it was ten out of the sixteen teams had one or fewer like protected games, while Iowa's got three. <laughs> you know, it's just they made it entirely too complicated. But at at the end of the day. They're given, they're given college football fans what we want. We want to see these teams play each other on a more consistent basis. That's what we want. And we want to see the best teams playing for a conference title and ultimately the best teams going to a college football playoff when it expands. And that's what, even though they gave it a really goofy name and made it very complicated for us to follow with what games are protected and what's not, but they accomplished what college foot what I believe college football fans want. Yeah. I it's the timing of it's great too, right? Like right after the SEC has this you know what show about voting who's gonna vote for an eight game versus a nine game, and then you get this stupid like clip of Billy Lucci at Texas AM talking about how A&M's, it's like a, a line in the sand. They're going to play that first Texas game in College Station. Like, arguing over the stupidest things ever. Like, no one cares about that crap at all. Just play nine games, right? We'll protect the rivalries, like, whatever we got to do. It's just, like, you want to see me slam my face into a desk? Put me in a room with all these idiots, like, arguing and negotiating trying to like put themselves forward and scheduling uh, before i will say this i'm very excited for OU to make the move to the sec right it's the best conference in college football i don't think anyone's going to debate you on that but the big 10 is going to play more conference games right and they're going to make more tv money more good games yeah and more revenue yeah but the sec is is the best conference in college football okay depends how you how you just saying just saying no the sec's got the best players i mean just the nfl draft numbers tell that story but i do find an issue that cannot sit well with greg sankey Right, the Big Ten's getting more money than you, and now they're getting all this praise for. He tried. This. He told everyone. I mean, that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, really? he wanted nine, but he wasn't able to get it done. Mm. And old Tony Petiti got it done. Nice. Been on the job for like three days. Just saying. Impressive. Outmaneuvered, Just saying. SEC. Outmaneuvered. Yeah. the uh, The last thing I'll say about this. You think when Lincoln took that job, he thought, yeah, 
Road games at Rutgers in Maryland. That sounds awesome. I, I still want to know if he knew that this was coming. He had to have, right? No. No? You're right. No. I, I mean... Does he take the job if he would have known? Someone should ask. I pop out. I pop out of nowhere at a USC news conference. Uh, question in the back. Well, he didn't know about the SEC move, and he said he did. And I don't like the way it came out. It sounded like with the the move to the Big Ten with USC, like it sounded like it was kind of the same type of thing, like. I don't know. Maybe they may have told him that we're like, maybe there's a chance. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he did know. I, I don't know. It didn't seem like it. All I know is whoever they hire, remember that athletic director, he's out. That sounded like he was a little creepy. Whoever they hire, number one job is to keep Lincoln Riley happy. Keep him from taking that uh, Chargers job. Yeah. That's the number one job because I can't imagine he's thrilled. They got to fly all the way to New Jersey, man. Oh, brutal. It's brutal. It's a long trip. Yeah. And on that note, episode 326 in the books. All right. As far as our next episode, I'm going off the grid. See you nerds. But we will do plan will be once we do the schedule reveal show on Sooner Vision for ESPN Plus. We will go home and then record a podcast. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan to me. So late next Wednesday night is when I would assume the next podcast will be in your feed. Congratulations to OU Softball. Just awesome, an, ladies. An incredible run. Thanks for letting us witness it. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome. You can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time